Uh, all right, episode three. Now, I don't even know what we're going to call this episode yet, but it uh, is our third episode. Things are, I guess, improving. We had technical difficulties again. Just minor ones. <laughs> Just a uh, quick, easy solve. Didn't take too long to to get through. But uh, So what did you think? Uh, how did episode number two turn out? I thought it was pretty good, but uh, I just want to mention one thing that um, I talked about a DI track and I talked mainly about hardware and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess there are other alternatives like software allowing the DAW or the DAW to uh, do all the work. I mean, you could use that and it's far cheaper, I guess, than the hardware, but I'm so I'm a, I'm sort of a hardware guy. So I got a lot of hardware. Are you sure about that? Did you test that theory before making that claim? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I got a lot of hardware, so I, I'm used to I'm used to um, doing it that way. Welcome back to Pandemic Guitar, hosted by a father and son team of struggling podcasters. This is a show about all things with six strings and so much more. We think this should be an easy listen whether you are stuck in New York traffic or cruising in Iowa field in a John Deere. I'm the son, Tim, who believes dropping a pick into an acoustic sound hole should be classified as a musical pandemic, while Dad over there on the other mic would tell you to just punch a sound hole on the backside (laughs) and call it a double acoustic. It's Rick. Yes. Yes, it's me. Yeah, I, I watched a video on uh, YouTube earlier, one of my favorite street performers, and uh, he has his version of a Fleetwood Mac song, and he, he does looping, so he does just bits and pieces and loops them together and then does uh, solos and stuff. Um, and I'm like, you know, I can't I loop in GarageBand? And, yes, you can. And, and you can. But it just, I don't know, it seemed really foreign to me. So I, I played with it for about 20, 30 minutes and then gave up. Yeah, there's a way to loop it in GarageBand. I like some of the other DAWs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it just depends. But most, if not all of the D, uh, DAWs that I know of have some sort of looping mechanism to them. Yeah, I know uh, on the GarageBand iOS it seems like they make it really easy for that. They they make it so that you can create bits and pieces and loop it. And, and I haven't really played around with it a whole lot. I've seen a lot of uh, videos where people do that. I've seen people recreate um, like really famous songs like uh, Michael Jackson Thriller and stuff like that just in GarageBand. So the video is just them or it's just the screen of the phone and they just go through and create the entire song from scratch. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's, um, you can do it. It, um, it takes a little, a uh, little bit of, um, getting used to, mm-hmm. um, and it's a learning process. I mean, you have like the intro and you have the, uh, the chorus and some of the other things in the outro and, uh, and the basically bits and the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And basically when you get that all down and you record them all, and you put it all together, you can actually uh, get a pretty good loop out of it, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, play lead guitar or, or sing or whatever you want to do or you want to <laughs> dance, you can dance too. 
or just try to make, just try to find something that sounds good. Right. I do that, you know, believe it or not, I do that a lot with the drums. I have, uh, I use Easy Drummer. What I do is I just create a beat and I get a full measure and then I just copy that measure and just continue to copy it as many times as I want. I might change something. I might change like a cymbal or uh, instead of the hi-hat, uh, go to an open hi-hat or going to a regular cymbal during the track. But it's fairly easy to do once you get the hang of it. I feel like one of these days, you, you probably need to walk me through that. Show me what it looks like and, and you know, because you say you use these programs and you do these things, but I, I, I can't visually see what's happening. Right. Well, you've heard some of the songs I've done. Yeah, yeah. You've sent me a few things. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them are just the same thing. I, I get a, a beat, let's say a blues beat or a, a rock, classic rock type thing. Right. And then what I do is I just play with it until I get something that I really like. And then I take and I put that in the, D well, I use the DAW to create that. Right. And then what I do is I save that off and then I take and I enable the guitar track on there. And uh, I play, of course, it's a dry track that I play on there, which mm -hmm. means that even though I hear some distortion and uh, some, I use a octave uh, type thing, a sustain pedal type thing, mm -hmm. even though I hear that, it's recording the dry signal, and then what happens is that I take that signal and I play around with different effects, trying to get something that uh, really sounds good to me. But that's what I'm saying. So you're using a common a combination of hardware and software to produce bits and pieces and then bring them together to make something that sounds cool. Right. Yeah. And um, like, like yeah. it makes sense to me when we just talk about it, but without actually like seeing something being created or built, it still seems pretty foreign. It took me a while to do it. Quite a, I don't know how many years ago, but quite a few years ago, I, uh, I started working at it. And of course it wasn't the best, but I played around and I finally got really pretty good at it, you know, and that's what it is. It's just practice uh, makes perfect, I guess. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I've said this a few times. I'll say it again. I do watch a lot of YouTube videos and uh, Instagram has reels. I, I, I don't jump on the TikTok, even though most of that TikTok stuff ends up on reels. Um, but, you know, it's short videos and basically allows everybody to be a 30 second movie star, you know? Mm, yep. Um, so I see a lot of people between that and YouTube, they always do the this this comparison video. And there's a couple of really good ones out there, and there's a couple that I have no idea who they are. Maybe they're just trying to uh, make a name for themselves. I have no idea. Uh, but they they always seem to compare things like cheap or inexpensive guitars to really expensive guitars and which one sounds better yeah yeah and, you know and i think for me the biggest problem that i have with those videos is that when they're talking about you're talking about like a 200 dollar guitar compared to a three or a five thousand dollar guitar okay but what they always do do when they talk about the $200 or cheap guitar is they always, or not always, but they seem to use the term beginner a lot. Yeah, that's primarily because of it's inexpensive. A lot of um, people just getting into playing guitar 
uh, will basically, you don't want to spend a lot of money because if you spend, if you're a beginner and you spend $2,000 or even 3000 or 4000 on a good guitar, then what happens is, you know, it just, if it sits around and you don't get into it, you can't figure it out. It does take a while to figure it, figure the whole thing out. Sure. I mean, um, I'm getting close to three years and I'm still a, a, a super novice. So I, I understand right. that. Right. But you can take, you can take a, um, a, a fairly inexpensive guitar, which most people would call a beginner type guitar. And you can add things to it to make it better. Like to give you an example, um, sorry about the ums. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, all, all two of our listeners are probably used to it by now. True, true. Anyhow, uh, you can take you can take a beginner and what uh, take a beginner guitar. Like to give you an example, let's say um, let's say a Squire, mm-hmm. uh, the Affinity series. Okay, sure. It's a even though it's a beginner guitar, you're talking what two fifty to four hundred bucks for that type of a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, but is the $400 Affinity really a beginner guitar, or are you saying a $500 Fender is a beginner guitar? No, I'm saying, I would say that the the Squire is a beginner's guitar. Okay. And the reason the reason why I say that is because most Fenders now are, are up there. I think the cheapest one I've seen was maybe 600 bucks the other day. Yeah, uh, yeah, for, I was going to say somewhere between five, it's probably going to be five or $600, I think, to get into a, a, a Fender. Right, but a Squire you can get into uh, fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick them up used for uh, around a hundred bucks if you find a, uh, find a shop that has one that just wants to get rid of it. Sure. Um, the other thing is is that uh, the difference, the main difference between a lot of that stuff is the amount of time that goes into them. Uh, you know, uh, to give you an example, like on a two thousand dollar guitar or even a let's say a thousand dollar guitar. You might have on the neck, you might have what they call a rounded neck. And I'm not talking about the back of the neck. I'm talking about the fretboard, the edges of the fretboard. fretboard. Sure. Instead of, instead of them being sharp, they're nice and round and they're more comfortable for the hand. Mm-hmm. Also, also the frets, those, that's those metal wires that go on the, on the fretboard there. Um, those there will have sharp edges on a lot of the more inexpensive guitars because they don't spend much time cleaning it up. So if you have the if you have the time, a little bit of time and the energy, you can actually clean those things up and and it pl- it plays like a great instrument. Well, and that's kind of what I was getting at, I, I guess, in my mind because the little that I've learned over time is you know there is probably a difference in the quality of some of the woods, the materials, maybe, you know, the electronics are of, of a better quality when you're spending more money. But if you go out and you find a more inexpensive guitar and you learn how to play it and you become comfortable with it, can't I, for the most part, shouldn't I be able to, you know, upgrade electronics, um, you know, maybe take, uh, take it to a luthier and, and, and have the, the neck done up real nice and, and improve the quality of the instrument and keep playing that? Or is it really a thing where it's like, okay, I've learned, I've outgrown this. Now I'm going to take it and trade it in or throw it in the corner and I'm going to go out and buy a, a guitar that's twice the cost of that. Well, I guess it depends. On a 
on an inexpensive guitar, if you upgrade it, like to give you an example, let's say uh, one of the things, let's say you get a Squire, a Fender Squire, a Fender Squire let's say it's the Affinity Series, mm-hmm. and you and you pay, oh, let's say, let's just say 240 bucks for it. Okay. Uh, plus, Brand plus new that. from the store, all that. Yeah, that's brand new. Yeah. Uh, somewhere around that price. Yeah. Um, and here again, color really doesn't matter. Color is only for the eye. It's eye candy, basically. Yep. But... Uh, yeah, but you can get it. You can get it in a maple neck. You can get it in a rosewood neck, and um, it's that just depends on what your what your uh, what what you want to see. You know, it's it's more of a curb appeal type thing. Um, the The main thing is is that when you're talking about taking something like that, and then let's say you play it for six months, seven months, you get really good at it. You can put uh, like new tuners on it. That would uh, help. Uh, the tuners on the Squire just aren't, uh, and you can do that yourself. Just they're just not the best, but sure, you can get a, a fairly cheap set. Uh, they're like fifty bucks or sixty bucks or something like that. You can even get them cheaper used. I've seen them for uh, twenty bucks used. Well, now eBay. I kind of I want to kind of grab a, a pen here. So um, you go out and you spend uh, two hundred fifty dollars for the guitar. You decide to upgrade tuners. That's another fifty bucks. So we're at three hundred. That's correct. Right, you're at three hundred bucks. Okay. So then, then what you want? Then the next thing I would do is probably upgrade the electronics. And here you have a choice. You can either go out and you can buy, um, you can buy the uh, the the pickups separately, or you can buy a whole what they call a plate with the three pickups. It's the pick guard populated with all the electronics on yeah, it. So but, I think I've seen it, uh, a loaded pick guard. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to pay like, depending upon what's in there, you could pl- pay anywhere from 150 on up to $350 for that. Depends on the pickups because sure. your, your fender pickups, like your fender uh, pickups are going to be a little cheaper when you start getting up to like the Seymour Duncan and stuff like that. They're going to be a lot more expensive, or the Damasio pickups. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. You go on the cheap end of that route, the hundred and fifty dollars. So what? What's right. that? Four fifty. We're at now. Yeah, four fifty. Okay. And technically, at that point, you got a you got a pretty good um, pretty good guitar at that point. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, but I guess for four hundred and fifty dollars, and I get to learn a little bit, and I get to do some research, and you know, so I gain a little bit value back from that. I would think. Correct. Uh. So so four hundred and fifty. I'm invested into this guitar that I've learned on. I'm comfortable with. For me, that still makes more sense than going out and spending six hundred dollars for something brand new, when. When I what, what am I going to do? Am I going to take this guitar that I've already spent two hundred and fifty dollars on, take it back to uh, Guitar Box, and they're going to give me what sixty bucks? Uh, that is true. Um, it's like anything else; you modify it and you put money into it. Well, uh, even if it's not modified. Yeah, if it's not modified, you're gonna you still get the same price. They don't yeah. care whether it's got Seymour Duncan's in it or it has Damasio's or. No. Or it has the cheap ceramic pickups that are that come with it. They don't care. They're just going to give you the one price for it because that's uh, you know that's what they do. Well, yeah, they're they're in the market to make money. Which brings me to this. This actually just popped up a question in my head. Uh, I've seen guitars for sale private. You know, uh, say Facebook Marketplace or Reverb. 
And they have, for instance, the uh, Squire Affinity, or at least that's what they call it is an affinity, but it's got a $200 loaded pick guard. Do I right. really care about your customizations? It just depends on what you're looking for. True. I think I on, mean, maybe on, uh, I don't know. I, for me, I don't care about your customizations. Me too. I Because everybody has, they, they customize it differently and mm-hmm. they do different things to it. I don't know what you did to it. So when I buy something like that, I really don't care. I'll give you basically face value for the guitar. And that yeah. might be um, right or wrong, but still, I'm not going to pay you. If you have a pick guard that's loaded in there and you spent the money in it on it, I'm not going to give you the 200 bucks for the pick guard because, you know. Maybe it's not the pick guard that you want. I mean, you, you redid the, on my, uh, I don't have the affinity. I have the bullet, the right. square bullet. You redid uh, the the pickups and all of the electronics. I did. And uh, actually the selector switch went bad once. Right. And this that what, happens. What, yeah. What we did, what we did was we, um, I think we replaced the pickups, but we didn't replace any electronics at first. Or did we replace the no, electronics? No, I think, I, think, I think we did it all. I'm okay. pretty sure that we did it all. And then uh, your your screwdriver slipped when you were taking the pick guard off and put a scratch in it. And so we had nice. to buy a new pick guard. Yes. Uh, but that was fine because I think the original uh, pick guard was just flat black. So I was like, all right, cool. Yes. I'll just go out and get a new pick guard. Yeah, it was, um, I forgot how that happened. Usually I put a cover over it so that I don't uh, scratch it. I put a like a mat and some tape, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know what happened in the screwdriver. All I know is is that um, it it had a nice scratch in it. So yeah, yeah. we got. But that's all right. I went it. out and I found another one for a, a yep. really good price, and and I think it actually improved. Ended up improving the overall look of it anyway. Yeah, they do. Um, you can get so, all sorts of different pick guards. I mean, and colors. You can get two ply or three ply or basically one solid cov- color. So, yeah, you know. I don't know. For me, you know, I obviously when I decided to start learning to play, I didn't want to go out and spend a whole bunch of money on a fancy guitar because, well, you know, I've tried before and didn't work out. Yep. I know the feeling. Yeah, so I went I went the cheaper route, something that I was like, oh, this is this is cool quality, or well, I mean, I know the name, it's Squire, right? So uh, we got it for a great price, and right. I, I've played it every day that I possibly can, and I'm constantly learning stuff. And so I guess this is kind of why I watch those videos and why I want to talk about it is because I'm always constantly struggling between do I break down and spend six to nine hundred dollars on a on a new uh, intermediate level, if you will, guitar, or do I just take the instruments that I really enjoy playing and put a little bit of money into it and make it something that I I like more than what I already have? Right. True. True. And you know the other, the other end of that is. Um... The, I have a lot of experience with Gibsons and stuff like that. And there sure. was a time when 
a time when, um, you know, I, I went out and I bought a, a Les Paul and, um, it had a very, the, the edges on the fretboard were sharp, you know, and so were the frets. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't very comfortable, but I, I did a lot of work to it. And here it's, it's a U.S. made, USA made guitar, this particular one. And, um, it was, it, the quality just wasn't there. Now I only paid, I only paid like six, I think it was $650 for, for it. Right. And, but then fast forward, you know, however many years and now that's $3,000. Well, not quite. It's probably, <laughs> it's, it's probably about a thousand five hundred or somewhere around there. Yeah. But, but what I'm trying to get at is I'm just trying to get, you know, I'm trying to say is, is that there's a definite separation on, and it depends on what, what guitar you want to buy, what, you know, what guitar you want to buy, because like I'm, I'm using Gibson for an example and mm-hmm. a $600 Gibson. And then I, and then I have a, I have a $600, uh, PRS and the PRS was made in Indonesia and it just quality wise, it's just difference between night and day the, mm. but here again, labor is a lot cheaper in Indonesia. Sure. And then, then I, then you go up to, uh, um, another PRS that I have and we're talking, uh, almost, uh, I'd say about a grand and a half and the, there's definite difference between each one of those PRSs. Uh, just minor stuff. Most of the, most of the, mostly hardware though. And then from there you go up to, and that's what I was, that's what I was going to ask is, is it a hardware difference or is there a physical, like you can just feel the difference between the it's, two? It's hardware. It's hardware and the amount of time that they put into it. Um, yes, there's a, my PRS plays better than my one Gibson. Um, however, I have a, um, Epiphone, which is also a Gibson. And that was made in, I believe that was made in China. That is very, the quality on that was very good. I mean, equivalent to my, my PRS, my cheap PRS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I mean, as you go, start going up, there's a difference between foreign made, foreign assembled and stuff like that. It's a lot cheaper and, uh, than the U S U S is more expensive, but when you start getting up to the really, really higher prices, you're going to start with the different hardware um, rounding of the neck, different little things that is going to make it, make it easier for you to play, you know, more, um, to give you an example, the distance of the, uh, what, oh, geez. Okay. Here's a, here's a break right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, no, it's the, uh, uh, like to give you an example, uh, I've purchased guitars, very cheap guitars where the intonation is off and that's where the, uh, uh, the 12th on the 12th fret, it, everything repeats itself and the intonation is off and you got to sit there and it's, it, it's just time consuming to adjust that stuff where on a more expensive guitar, that's all dialed in or fairly close, you know, unless you change the strings. Yeah. Intonation so, can be kind of a pain in the butt because I right. remember, what was it? it? Maybe a year ago, I, something was off, something didn't sound right. And so you were, I think it took like two or three days for you to explain what was going on and how to make all the adjustments and everything before it finally clicked. Right. So now I know how to do it. I still have to kind of look it up a little bit because I don't do it very often. But I mean, that's a big thing. But those are all things that either you can learn how to fix or make friends with somebody who knows how to fix those things. That's correct. Or bring it to a professional. 
I mean, yeah, well, thing, that's kind of what I meant is find that professional friend. Yeah. The, um, the other thing is action. Um, yeah. And action is a big thing. And, and what you're going to find is on the cheaper guitars, the action is the height of the strings away from the fretboard. And the further they are away, the harder it is for your hand to, uh, press those strings down. So mm -hmm. the closer, the closer, the better. There are some uh, stipulations in that, though. I mean, if you're a string bender like I am, you don't really want them very close because they what they call fret out. And as you're bending the string up, you uh, it frets out against the the higher fret, and you get like a it's a it's a weird sound. You get it's doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you can only adjust action so much, right? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, without maybe replacing the nut or, you know, I mean, you're limited on that front side to whatever your nut is, unless you're going to file down or replace it completely. And then there's just a little bit of adjustment that you can make on the bridge, if I'm even close. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, I mean, first of all, when you're, um, you have to take a look at the, you have to take the strings off the guitar and uh, take a ruler or level against the frets to see if um, they're, all in line in other words they're all the same height mm -hmm. okay and that makes it and that makes a difference because uh if they're not then they either got to be filed or maybe you need to refret or something like that then you have to look at the nut to see with what condition the nuts in it might be uh, a graphite nut or a bone type nut and then uh, you can work on the uh, bridge after that you know and also on the fenders there's also uh, another adjustment and that's where the neck pocket is, where the um, uh, where the neck fits fits into the body, because it's fenders are not one piece guitars where Gibsons are. Right. And fender fender, you can put a shim in there. You can buy a shim to uh, help with that. Oh, I didn't I I didn't know that. Yeah, you can get them from. There's a few manufacturers that have them. So. Huh. But you can get like a, I don't know. It's like a millimeter, half a millimeter. I I don't know. I shouldn't say millimeter. They're not millimeter. They're like super super thin but they're slanted and what you do is you take the neck off and you can put these pieces in there and then the neck is screwed against it and you create a, a different angle on the neck which I mean, could yeah, lower the screen it makes sense i've just yeah. never i've never seen that done yeah before they before the company had that um a trick that we had to do <laughs> is yeah yeah what we used to do is we used to take and we used to take a thin guitar pick or a matchbook cover and we used to slide it in there and then tighten it down and you know interesting that used to add, that used to act as a shim to give them neck a little bit more angle i mean you got to do what you got to do i guess that, whatever whatever true. works yep now i've always i've always wanted uh to learn how to do uh frets yep so maybe that's something uh, one of these days here in the near future we can find something to do a a fret job on or something like that cuz you know i mean you watch you can watch for me, I guess you watch videos on, on, on the line and they really, they're just not as great as being able to physically see it in person and actually like use the tools and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Frets do take quite a bit of time to do the first few times after that you get the hang of it. It's a lot easier. You get to know what to do, but, um, yeah, strings have to come off. Uh, I usually take the strings off. I usually pop the nut. I t then what I do is I usually uh, pull all the frets out. And here again, it depends on whether it's a maple neck or a rosewood neck. And then uh, after that, I, I level the fretboard 
because when you stretch strings and stuff like that, you might have little indentations in the fretboard, you know, from pushing those strings up and down. Mm-hmm. So then, then after once the uh, well, for, once that is done, well, I should have said prior to that, I make sure the neck is straight without making sure the neck is absolutely straight. So I might have to make an adjustment on the truss rod to make to get it straight. But I check for warpage in the neck, meaning a neck that just can move forward a little bit or backward a little bit is fine using the truss rod. But what happens is is that it's a piece of wood, and if um, the wood is not, there's a lot of manufacturing that goes into it, and maybe the wood is twisted. And if the neck is twisted in any way, shape, or form, I don't touch it. It's usually garbage. Yeah, I mean, but that's the beauty of a bolt-on neck. If if the neck gets twisted, you just unscrew it, toss it in the yep. corner, and replace the neck, right? That is correct. You know, or to actually throw the neck out, take the tuners off, and throw the neck right, out. Yes, yeah, save as much hardware as you possibly can, uh, because every great or inspiring musician must become a parts hoarder. It, it's you just have to do it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I've got. Get, I've still got uh, the old uh, pickups and old uh, all the, all the old parts from my Squire. They're just st- sitting in a Ziploc bag. Like I'm, I'm never going to do anything with it, but I can't throw it away. Yeah, I know the feeling. It, it reminds me of a, a story, and it, this is a, uh, a sort of a predicament that I got in. And yeah, <laughs> one of many. Back, yeah, one of many. Yeah. And back when, back when um, I was working for his company, and um, I was just working part time. It was just the weekends, and I'd saved up enough money. A friend of mine also, uh, we both worked there, and we saved up enough money. He wanted to get a Fender Strat. Beautiful, nice, natural color Strat. This is back in, this is probably 70, 70, 71. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted a Gibson SG. So I went out and I got myself a Gibson SG. And um, it was a beautiful SG. It was just a standard. And um, it had the, uh, it, was, it was the Heritage Cherry. So the body color, you know. Yeah. And what happened was, is I got I got sort of involved in listening to a guy called Albert King, who um, bends strings all over. I mean, sounds like he bends the strings around the neck a few times, you know. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so and we both start we both basically started listening to him and started playing and started copying a lot of his uh, licks and stuff. And what happened was, is that, you know, we both basically needed a fret job. So we went to the local dealer and uh, local, well, he was a, it was a home based, well, I shouldn't say home based. It was a, it was a business owned by um, family members, a family based business. Sure. And very, very, very nice people there. And um, I brought mine in there and I said, Hey, I need a fret job. And he gave me a price on it and I agreed upon it. And he said, Oh, probably take about two weeks. So, uh, then two weeks came by, and I, of course, I didn't have anything to play in two weeks. So then, uh, then he says, "Oh, he says we ran into a little bit of a problem. It's not going to cost you any extra money, but you know, blah blah blah, and uh, it's going to be about another two weeks." So here it is, going up four weeks now, and I still don't have a guitar, and I haven't played. Okay, and I'm I wanting to play. So what I did was I decided, well, I'm just going to go out and buy a, a Fender because the guy behind the counter said to me, you know, he says one thing nice about a bolt-on neck is. He says, when, it, when you want to refret it, he says, you pop the neck off, buy another neck, just throw it on there, you're done. And then send the other neck in for a refret. 
you know. But but and that's what I was telling you because you've told me this story before. Mm-hmm. But that's why one of <clears throat> excuse me that's why one of these companies they need to sell a kit where it's one guitar and two necks. Yeah, it like almost kind of like a shotgun or something like that, where it well, comes with two barrels. So when one barrel gets hot, you can swap them out and let the other one cool. I, that's a million dollar idea. Yep, but your average player ain't gonna, you know. I mean, I bend strings crazy, you know, all over the place, and so I wear them down uh, pretty fast. You know, I I try to look for guitars that have uh, jumbo frets on them, mm-hmm. so that Is way they that don't just, wear as fast. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, they're higher and thicker, so there's more meat to the fret, so more metal there. So uh, it, helps, uh, it helps out a lot with that. But, you know, here, here, here I, finally got, I finally got the Gibson back from the shop, and then what I did was I, um, I wore out the, uh, the neck on the fender. So I said, I said oh, what the, what the hell? I'm just going to take and I'm going to rip this. Start, I'm going to learn how to do this myself. And I'll say that the first time didn't turn out pretty. <laughs> it never, it never does. You, yep. you went, you went full Dexter on it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the frets didn't. I, I, I just had a hard time with it. Then what I did was I, uh, I, uh, I contacted the luthier that was in the in the shop there, and I asked him if I, hey, if I could, if you'd teach me on how to do it, and he said, yeah, no problem. So I went in for a few hours. I brought my neck in and he showed me what I was doing wrong. And wow, you know, I was just amazed. And so I, after that, I started doing my own, fr- my own refretting. So I'm not really concerned anymore if, uh, if a Gibson of mine or anything with a straight through neck like that, uh, a non bolt on neck, you know, right. if the frets wear, if the frets wear out, Hey, so what? I'll just, I'll just do the fret. Matter of fact, I have, um, uh, in the one corner of my room here, I probably have I have probably have about six pounds of fretting wire. So because <laughs> every hoarder needs six pounds of fretting yes, wire. Well, well, my brother uh, wanted to refret one of his uh, Gibsons, and uh, he asked me uh, to send him some. So I sent him a send him enough to refret his guitar. So there you go. You know what we should do, and I know this What's is kind of weird. I don't know. Let me know if you're interested. Okay. Okay. We, cause I mean, we've talked about like all these things that you can do to, um, you know, work on guitars, make guitars better and so on and so forth. So what if we scoured the local neighborhoods, searched the, the worldwide webs and find a guitar, you know, on a cheap side as cheap as like, like not super duper cheap, but not expensive, you know? Yeah. And let's just go through, like, let's actually fix it up. Let's make it better. Let's, let's see if we can take something for say a hundred dollars or less, put a little bit, maybe a little bit as little extra into it as possible and make it something that is equivalent to something, say, I don't know, $500. Okay. Is it possible? Yeah. It's uh, very possible. I'll tell you what we can do is we can look for, um, let's look for, let's look for a guitar for around a hundred bucks. Okay. I want to, I want to try to get something that, um, uh, I don't want, uh, how about, how about we just, I'll put the word out that I'm looking for a squire. Okay. And see what I can come up with. And hopefully by the next episode we have, 
we can do some talking about uh, what I found. If I found one, I may not find one. Yeah, true. You know? with, with, with the way that thing, I mean, I think it was like, I don't know, six months ago, you could pretty much jump on Facebook and find everything, anything dirt cheap. I have not been seeing much out there lately. Yeah, I think guitars have gone up in price. Yeah, um, well, they're made the of wood. Yeah, the used market. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sort of reminds me of a time I went into went into the uh, local um, uh, lunch place to, uh, uh, and they and they, the waitress comes up and she says uh, she says the ten dollar sa- ten dollar sandwich you ordered now is thirty bucks. I said why? She says the two toothpicks I stuck in there to hold it together. <laughs> That's when Tooth, wood was soaring have, in price. Yeah, yeah, toothpicks have gone up. And by, wife, by wife the way, asked she was me all... to take her somewhere fancy for dinner, so took her to Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the sandwich still was 10 bucks. She was only kidding. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I think that but, would be fun. And uh, maybe we can take some pictures and, um, you know, throw it up on Instagram or, um, you know, figure out a way to kind of kind of walk people through the process it, you know i mean maybe if, if we can't find it by next episode you know if it takes us a little bit longer than what whatever you know but just kind of an idea yeah it sounds great i i uh i like that idea what well, well um i guess uh uh we still yeah i get well i guess we what we can do is i'm gonna this is the way i'm gonna do it i'm gonna basically if i find something I'm basically going to go and I'm basically going to pretend like I don't know anything about it. Okay. That way, that way, if it's a, if it's a piece of junk, okay, I just got more work to do. (laughs) (laughs) So how, how, how does that sound? That that sounds good. But, um, let me, okay. Give me some insight. Like, what are you, what are you looking for? What are the bare minimums that you're going to look for? Um, six strings. Okay, we're not doing seven or eight or twelve, nope. right? No, I'm a six string guy. So okay, I wondered what it would be like to play one, but oh well. Um, six strings is. <laughs> I I thought about it one time. I went in and uh, to Guitar Box and they had a seven string uh, guitar sitting on the wall, and I like, but I only have five fingers. I'm like, well, you still <laughs> figure out how to play six strings, don't you? Yep. <laughs> All right, I guess. Yeah. No, I think I think um, I'm gonna look for. Uh, I want a brand name. Okay. Um, I know I know there's a lot of cheap brand names out there, but I want to get uh, something that um, something that's worth fixing up. And, well, yeah, I uh, think you have to also find something that you can find parts for. I, I imagine. Yes. I yes, mean, I, I mean, I I don't know if some electronics I assume would probably work on any guitar. I yeah, they would. But um, most of the pickups are all the same. You know, you got the the humbuckers or the um, or the single coils. They're all basically the same sizes. There are a few differences. PRS does make a little bit of a different type pickup. For um, I mean, it's a little. The corners are a little different. I don't know if that's a different size or what. But I'll look for something that is uh, within the hundred dollars or under hundred dollars, and uh, I'll walk in and basically ask questions and see what kind of ads well here if it's a if it's a store if it's a home i'm just going to ask questions but to see what it was through and how old it is and what's going on with it if there are any problems and some of the stuff that i'm going to look for when i when i buy it and i always do this even with new guitars is i look at the neck i closely inspect the neck 
make sure the neck isn't twisted. If the neck is twisted, I don't care what, what it looks like. If it's a great color and I, if you really want it, it's not worth the, the problems with the neck. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody would want to, I mean, unless you're specifically looking for just a body. I wouldn't why I wouldn't know why you would pick up a bent or warped neck and then just be like, well, that's the first thing I'm going to replace. Right, but you see, if you if you're going in for like, let's say it's a hundred dollar guitar, you're going, and the neck is bad. If the guitar is only worth a hundred bucks used, why are you going to pay a hundred bucks for a bad neck? You know, yeah, and a no. bot. You just when you just have the body left. Yeah, you that's know, true. Might, and I mean, unless you were going to just build an entire neck from scratch, which I I don't think that's what. Like I said, I just want to find something and just make it better. I don't, you know, I don't want to do right. something that's a complete rebuild. I don't want to, I don't want to have right. to sand it down to bare wood, repaint it, all that stuff. Let's, let's right. try to keep it semi-simple. Right. And and I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm just saying is this is what I look for when I, when I go, I ask a lot of questions, look at the neck, see if it's straight, you know. See if it's, uh, you know, if, if there's problems with it. I inspect the neck. Make sure that there are no cracks, especially on a Gibson. You get headstock cracks because they, they do, when they fall over, they do break. And at that point, they're worth, they're still worth money, but still it's not as much as, uh, you know. Right. But uh, I want to make sure there's no cracks in the body. Um, the electronics, I could care less about. If there's problems with the electronics, we'll fix that. Okay. Uh, you know, but... Uh, and also, I don't mind a chip here and a ding here or something like that. It's usually um, acceptable on used, used stuff. Yeah, I actually, my Samic has a whole bunch of wear and tear marks all over it. And I, I just, I, it sounds so great. I, I like it and it adds character. It kind of tells a story of the instrument. Right, it's road worn. Yeah, yeah, or, or at least drug across the kitchen worn. I don't know. <laughs> You know, who knows? But all right. Well, I guess uh, that's going to be your assignment for the next couple of weeks. Yep. And what we'll do is we'll, if I find one next week, we'll talk about it. And okay. Can, I'm sorry. Next uh, next episode, we'll talk about it. So I'll tell you what the condition of it is, and I'll go over some things with everybody about it. And then the episode after that, I will take it apart. I'll probably talk about the neck and stuff like that. And after that, the body on the last episode and the final outturn, you know, the outcome, I should say, of what it will. As long as we can compare uh, that guitar with uh, something around the five $600 price range. Yeah. I mean, no problem. I'll take plenty of pictures as I'm doing it. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, if you do find something, uh, shoot me a picture. And I uh, will put it up on our Instagram and let everybody know that we did, in fact, find a guitar that we are going to fix up for, I guess, can we call it Project Guitar? I think we can. I think we should. So anyway, uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Pandemic Guitar. No underscores, no spaces, all one word. And uh, that'll let you know when each one of these episodes drop. And as we find other information or, uh, you know, kind of talk about certain things during the uh, episode, we might uh, share some pictures there. And uh, there you'll have it. That's another episode. And we'll see everybody in two weeks. Two weeks. It goes fast. It does. (laughs) You got to record every week. 
just to release every two weeks. Weeks, yes, yeah, I know. It's crazy. 